Take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. After the first of the year, we'll jump back into our next uh, book study. But there's a couple of things that I, I want to do between now and the end of the year. And a couple of topics that I want to, I want to uh, address and deal with uh, for some time that we have together over these next couple of months. You know, a lot of times in, in church, we'll, we'll, uh, the preacher will reference a story, maybe a, a story from an Old Testament like Moses or David or something like that, with the point of making a connection. And the assumption most of the time in those situations is that everybody knows the story that we're talking about and is enabled in those moments to make that connection. And that's not always, uh, that's not always the case. And, and also, a lot of times in church, we will use Bible terms and we'll throw them around, maybe without any explanation, and there's this expectation that, that everybody that's listening would know the terms. Terms like justification or glorification or the term sanctification. And over the next several weeks, that's a term that I want to address and deal with from a biblical perspective. Some have said that these terms are all interrelated and they are all connected in, in some way. And so they might say it like this, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. That is called justification. And then we are being saved from the power of sin. That is sanctification. And then we shall be one day saved from the presence of sin. That is called glorification. But a lot of times we use the word sanctification and rightfully so and refer in, in regards, I would say, to all three of, of those terms. So they would say positional sanctification is, is justification. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are now in Christ and positionally we have been set apart. And that's really what that term means. Sanctification has the idea of, of set apart or being set apart. Then there would be uh, the experiential or what I'm going to term progressive sanctification. And this is the general term that we use for this concept of, of sanctification. This is the idea of being saved from the, the power of, of sin. Though we are positionally sanctified and set apart unto God, we are dealing with uh, the sin that we face in this world and, and, and we're dealing with this concept of growing spiritually. And that's going to be our focus over the next few weeks. And there's what we call ultimate sanctification, which is the glorification, the fact that we're going to eventually um, be free from the presence of sin and no longer have to deal with, with sin in our life. And so we throw out the term sanctification, and for biblically, we are sanctified, we're set apart, we're being sanctified, there's this process of spiritual growth, and one day we'll ultimately be free from sin and be totally sanctified from uh, that which is contrary to God and the sin that we're dealing with. So over the next few weeks, though, I want to focus on this issue of progressive sanctification, Progressive sanctification. This is an area I think that many Christians struggle with in, in their life. 
oftentimes they, they get saved and they're told, okay, now you have to grow. Now you have to become more like Jesus Christ. And if you were like me uh, as a teenager, you would hear things just like that and, and you would have absolutely no idea what, what that means. How do I go through this process? How do I get to that point of being like Jesus Christ? What does that even look like or mean for me uh, in, in my life? And so we're often expected to to be a good Christian, and we really don't even know what it means to be a good Christian. One of the, the foundational issues, I believe, is when it comes to this idea of progressive sanctification is we don't understand, first of all, our role in this process, and we don't understand that God has a role. So this, this is what we oftentimes think like, okay, God saves us. That's biblical. Salvation is not a work of our own. God saves us, but then now I have to grow. And so I have to do this and do that. And, and, and so then I have this process of sanctification going in my life and I'm trying to, to do it in my own power, in our own strength. But the reality is our role in sanctification, some have coined as being active and passive. Passively, we are to trust God to, to sanctify us, and we're to present our bodies to Him, and, and He's to do a work in our life. And in John chapter 17, Jesus says, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but in verses 13 through 21, He deals with this topic. But in verse 17, He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we'll come back and deal with that. But the point is, is that God has the responsibility uh, in our sanctification, and Jesus prays to God to sanctify them through thy truth. Then there's the active aspect of responsibility. The truth is we are to choose to do what is right. We're to learn to control ourselves. And we're to learn to um, remove sin from our life and seek that which is righteousness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. And so there's this expectation how we are to live differently than those that are in, in this world. He goes on to say, For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And so then he goes on to describe a little bit what that looks like. But the reality is, we as believers in Jesus Christ are to learn to possess or control our vessel, our life. We're to, to grow in our walk with the Lord and to become more like Jesus Christ day by day. John makes it clear, obviously, in 1 John chapter 1, that we're never going to be totally free from sin and, uh, and this life. And until that time, we see Jesus Christ face to face. But this is a process that we should be dealing with in our life on a regular basis. Now, we come to Ephesians chapter 3, and Paul is writing to the church here at Ephesus, and the Spirit of God is writing to the church throughout the ages. And, and in verse 13, Paul says, his desire is that the Christians don't quit because of the tribulations. Look with me. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Paul was in prison at this time, and people were distraught over this. And, and, and there were even those that were discouraged in their own faith because of what was happening to Paul, let alone what was going to happen to them. And, and Paul says, I don't want you to faint. I don't want you to, to give up. 
and in life. And can I tell you this morning that our sanctification, our spiritual growth or lack thereof correlates with whether or not we're going to faint in the tribulations of life. Our sanctification plays a huge part in whether or not when times get tough, when we have struggles and trials in life, whether or not we're going to quit on on God, quit the church, quit on our our studies, quit on spiritual matters, or we're going to, to stay faithful. But also our sanctification correlates with our purpose for the message today to our intimacy with God. Now, there's several things we're going to look at over the next several weeks that I believe have to be the foundation of our sanctification. It, th- these things have to be at the foundation of, our, of our, our spiritual growth. Now, automatically what you're thinking is, well, I know what those are. I, I need to read my Bible and I need to go to church and I need to pray. And, and listen, those are the building blocks of our sanctification, but they are not the foundational principles of our sanctification. And this is what happens. We start with the building blocks, but the foundation is not set. And biblically, we know what happens. If you build on a bad foundation, eventually it's going to topple down. It's going to fall. The wise man built his house not on the sand, but on the rocks, right? Because he needed a proper foundation. And and so I want to make sure that we as a church, you as a Christian, we as believers have a proper foundation for our spiritual growth so that we can grow leaps and bounds and and become more like Jesus Christ. And I don't want us to be people that are, uh, yeah, we're Christians, but we're just here floundering in this thing they call Christianity and, and, and living for God. And so, number one, the first thing that has to be at the foundation of our life is the title of our message today. It has to be intimacy with God. It has to be intimacy with God. Your relationship, my relationship with God has to be, it has to be the most important relationship that I have in my life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray Lord, this morning that you would challenge our hearts and lives today when it comes to our sanctification. And we thank you for the work you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look back with me. We're in Ephesians chapter number 3. And and Paul says, I don't want you to faint. And then number 1, he tells us, our first point here, when it deals with this intimacy with God, we must be strengthened in the inner man. Look with me, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees. Paul says, I'm getting down to pray unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So right off the bat, we see God's one of God's aspects of the sanctification process. Paul says, I want to, I'm, I'm getting down and earnestly praying. I, I'm on my knees begging, beseeching God on your behalf that he would grant you according to his riches and glory, not according to your ability, not, in court, not a, according to your intelligence, not a, according to your effort, but according to his riches and glory. He says there, that you would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And so the first thing we see when it comes to this intimacy with God, we must be strengthened 
in the inner man. When we get saved, we become part of of the family of God. And and the Bible tells us that God's spirit comes to dwell within us. And he comes for a purpose. He has a responsibility. And we learn that in scripture. One is to convict us of sin. And and Jesus told his disciple, he's going to teach you all things. And so that's, that's part of his responsibility. But we also see here that part of his responsibility is to strengthen, strengthen the inner man. But one of our biggest issues concerning intimacy with God is that we focus on the outside. We don't focus on our inner man and who we are in Christ. We are so controlled by all that happens on the outside. We're we're consumed with, with what the outside looks like and we don't start with the inward man. And so we grieve the Spirit of God and we keep Him from doing His work in our lives. Because we're constantly trying to change just the, the outside of things to match up with what maybe what others think it should be. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul talks about God sanctifying the whole man beginning from the inside. And so can I tell you today that in order to, to have a relationship with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior through faith. Turn from your sin and receive the free gift of salvation. At that moment, you're placed in the body of Christ and the Spirit of God comes to dwell within you. And we have what we call a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And as the Spirit works in us, He wants to strengthen us. You see, Christianity starts from an inward change that impacts us outwardly. But we have a very shallow view of Christianity. We have a very shallow view of of what it means to live for God in our world today because it's just surface. And we all know what that means. When things are just on the surface, it's very shallow. It, It has no roots. It has no lasting impact. And so God says, you must be strengthened on the inner man. And that comes from this intimate relationship with God that is going to work from the inside out. Now, when I got saved, I I was very thankful for for the church that I went to, for the Christian school that I went to. I was thankful for the family that I had. I was thankful that they sent me to the college that I went to um, because I I didn't know what it meant to live um, as a Christian. I I grew up, as most of you know, in an unsaved world and and learned uh, how to live a life by by unsaved people. And and that was the life that I lived here in in this world. And so um, I went to a, a, a church that expected you to act a certain way and talk a certain way. And I remember, I mean, I came in and I would say things and people would just look at me like I was from outer space um, because it was inappropriate in that setting and that time. And, they, and I, as soon as I look at them, I'd look, no, I said, so, okay, well, what was it this time? That's like, like, what did I say wrong this time? And I would have to, you know, correct those things. Um, and my dress changed, my attitude changed, and you know there was a lot of expectations that were put on me. And, and just a couple years later, I went off to Bible college, and there was a lot of expectations that were put on my life, and I'm thankful for them because I, I really didn't know a lot that I needed to know. But I, I had to come to the place to understand that all of that was surface. All of that was surface material and surface matter. It wasn't going to stick if it didn't start from the inside. Now, I'm grateful because those that helped me in those moments um, helped me survive a couple of years in my life to where I realized it had to start from the inward and God began to do that work in my life. And so I praise the Lord for parents and for a school and for a college. And, and listen, if you have parents that have rules in your house, you praise the Lord for that. 
If you go to a school where they have rules and expectations, hey, praise the Lord for that. What a great opportunity because people love you and they're trying to protect you in that, in that way. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But there had to come a day in my life where it had to start from the inside. And I remember those days when I realized, hey, this has to be real to me. And, and I have to, listen, I can't do these things because my parents expect it the rest of my life. Now, I, I do it when they're around just because I don't want to make them mad, but, but really it had to become real to me. I, I couldn't just live my life the way that everybody else expected because it was going to ultimately fail when the tribulations and the trials came in. And so as Paul's writing, listen, I want you to understand that you need to be strengthened in the inner man. God has given you a spirit so that you can be strengthened in the inner man. So what we have to do is get focused on the inside instead of focusing on the outside. Because I believe truly that once you start working on the inside and once you start allowing the Spirit to do His work in His life, the outside takes care of itself. When you start learning what God's desire is for you and you start studying and learning biblical principles and you apply those truths to your life, the, out, the outside takes care of itself. But one of the issues, we're, 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 we are consumed with the judgment of men as opposed to the judgment of God. And, and, you know, one of the, you know, we talk a lot of times about the, per, the persecution of the world and uh, on Christianity, but some of the greatest persecution on Christians comes from inside, doesn't it? The judgment that we have in the world. Well, you don't do it like me and you don't talk like me. You don't act like me and all those type of things. And, and we begin to judge one another. And so we're, we become fearful of what others within the church or the body of Christ are going to say. So we, we adapt to them. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to adapt and those type of things. But if it's not real to you, ultimately, you're going to faint. You're going to, to give up. You're going to quit because there's no real growth. There, there's no real growth. Now, I, I hate, you know, um, gardening. And I praise the Lord for you people that do that and bring me vegetables. And it's amazing. I love it. I love the fruit of it, but I hate doing the work of it. Uh, but even more than that, uh, I mean, I hate weeds. Like, I hate weeds. And, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, I'll go out into our yard, not very often, but I'll go out there and pull the weeds. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I go out there and I pull the weeds and sometimes I'll pull it and it, it just comes right out. It just comes right out because there's no root that's, that's established there. And it just pops right out. And I mean, I praise the Lord. Sometimes I'll go over and grab a root, a weed. It looks just like the one I pulled out and it, I, I can't get it out. And I just, like, I yank and I pull and all that stuff and, and everything. And my son's like, yeah, you're weak. That's why. But, um, you know, but I'll pull and yank. But, the, but it had time to, to grow in and the roots get way down in there. And, and so what happens, I chop it off right there at the top of the ground because I can't pull it out. And everybody in here shaking their head knows what, exactly what happened, right? A few days later, it's back right up. And, it, and it's so annoying because the root is down in there. You know, sometimes... I'll be walking through the mall, and I'll like find myself singing a song that I have not heard since like 1992 or whatever. Isn't it amazing how the things of this world stick in us? Like that was the life that I grew up in, and I heard them, and I sang them, and like, and they're just there, and I haven't heard them for so long, but yet they're they're still there, and yet we str we, we struggle to. To get the things of God in our life. Those are the things that are the surface matter, unfortunately, for many believers. And so we, we can't remember Jesus loves me, but man, we remember those songs we sang as a little kid and as a teenager because they, that, that, that's just, that's, they were part of who we are. 
And so God says, listen, we have to get the inner man strengthened in our life. But don't, don't miss the point. We accept Christ as our Savior. The Spirit of God comes to dwell within us, and He begins to do the work. And there's this intimacy. There's this intimacy there that we see, that, re- that relationship as, as we're submitting to Him, and we're allowing Him to do the work in our life, and we're you know, reading His Word. Jesus said, sanctify them, through, sanctify them through Thy truth, Thy word is truth. And so as we read the Bible and study the scriptures, the Spirit of God uses those words in our hearts and in our lives to change us from the inward outward. Changes us from the inward outward. You know, why some people are, are mean, why some people grumble and complain, why some people react in anger, because that's who they are inside. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. People say, well, man, I can't believe I did that. That's not who I am. Well, wait a minute. It's what you did last week, and it's what you did the week before that, because that is who you are. And you react that way in the, in the pressure moments of life, because that's, that's who you are. People were amazed when they act in kindness when they're mistreated. We're amazed when they, the pressure of life comes on and yet they have joy in their life and they serve Jesus and they want to share the gospel and talk about God. And, and you look at them like, how could you have that attitude and have that mindset? Because that's who they are. It's just not surface for them. It's just not the outward for them. That's who they are inwardly. So we must be strengthened in the inner man. Number two, Christ, Christ must have full access Look at verse number 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Christ must have full access. To dwell means to make himself at home. How many of you have, when you walk up to your home, some kind of sign that says welcome on it? How many of you? Anybody? Anybody? You know, you get the big ones now. They, they're getting bigger and bigger. We don't have that because you're not welcome. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we don't have that. But a lot of people have welcome. Or when somebody comes to your door, what do you say? Hey, come on in. And you say something like, hey, make yourself at home. We don't mean that. We mean something like make yourself in this room because that's where we're going to restrict you at in, in that moment. Imagine you're sitting there with somebody and you said, hey, make yourself at home and you're having a conversation and all of a sudden they get up and they, they walk away and you're sitting there looking like, where are they going? Next thing you know, they're not back for five, ten minutes and you go find them and they're sleeping in your bed taking a nap. <laughs> We'd be a little offended, wouldn't we, by that? Because we say make yourself at home, but we literally do not mean make yourself at home because we want to restrict that that access. But the truth is, Christ should make himself at home in our life to cultivate sanctification. It shows, again, the intimacy that we have with God, that Christ may dwell, make himself at home in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in, in love. You see, the, 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 the rooting and the grounding and the, the stability and the foundation all starts with our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. That has to be the foundation of our life. And so Christ must have full access. Not, listen, church isn't just something that we do on Sundays. 
Being a Christian isn't just something we do when we show up on the property here. It's who we are in Christ. Christianity is, is what we're part of. We're part of the family of God. And being a Christian is who we are 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so constantly our relation, our, our life is focused on our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he should have every control of every aspect of our life. He should be in, in charge of raising your children, and he should be in charge of your relationship with your spouse, and he should be in charge of, of what you do at work, and he should be in charge of what you do when you're by yourself on the computer or watching television. He should have a- access to every area of your life that Christ may dwell in your hearts. But we kind of restrict them, right? Hey, make yourself at home on Sunday morning, you know, right here from, you know, from what used to be 10.30 to 11.30, now it's 10.30 to 12, but um, preacher's getting a little crazy around here, but you know, make yourself at home in this time in our life, at this space, and, and that's where we want you to be. And, and so what happens is, is there's, no, there's no intimacy with God, and so there's no sanctification, there's no growth in our life because the foundation is not, is not right. We can put on the show and we can make it look good on outside. It's like when you, you, know, you sell your house, what do you do when you sell your house? You go around and you try to figure out how can I make it to look the best for the cheapest? Because selling your house, the, the, the object is to get the most money out of it. And so what can, I, what can I cover up? What can I put lipstick on so that I can make it look better even though I know the, the leak is there or the issue behind the wall is there? I just got to figure out how to cover it up. What's going to happen? Somebody might buy the house, but ultimately the problem is going to show itself. The problem is going to show itself. You can cover it all, all you want. But the reality is, is the, the effect of the problem will be there. And the same thing is true for our life. If we don't have intimacy with God, our spiritual growth is not going to be there. And so though we change the outside, the inward man is not impacted. Therefore, we're not truly, we're not truly growing. Number three, we see in verses 17 through 19, then the results of intimacy in our spiritual growth. He tells us there that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints, notice this, what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul says that I want, I want you to know, I want you to know all that you can about God. Hey, listen, when we get saved, we get God. We, God is our, sa- our Father. Jesus is our Savior. We're part of the family of God. We're not trying to earn more favor with God or, or to get more of God. But the point is, when we get saved, we don't truly know everything about God. There's a lot of things about God that we don't know. But Paul says, I want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to know the breadth and the length, the depth. The, I, I want you to know everything you can. I want you to experience all the fullness that is in God because he understands the more you know him, the more you'll grow. The more you know him personally and and intimately, the more you grow. Sometimes I'll talk to couples and say, well, we we, we just grew apart. We just grew apart. That's kind of what they say. And the truth is, they quit spending time together. 
There, there was no growing apart. They just, there was no intimacy there. And so the relationship was, was hindered. And it probably goes even deeper than that, but the truth is there's, there's no intimacy, and so there's no knowledge of one another. Physically, emotionally, mentally, there's no, there's no intimacy. And so then there's no growth. And so then what happens is we say, well, we just grew apart. You know, the, the growing apart is the fruit of the lack of foundation of intimacy. And the same thing is true for many professing believers, for many that are, are Christians. There's no intimacy, so there's no foundation. And so we kind of grow away from the things of God. And so Jesus must have full access. We must be strengthened in the inner man. And the result will be this intimate relationship that will bring growth. And then I want to finish up with verse number 20 and 21, where we see the work of God through intimacy. The work of God through intimacy. He says, and and we love to quote this verse as Christians, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We, we love that verse. According to, or now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I mean, we love to quote that. Verse 20, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We see the work of God through intimacy because the greater the intimacy with God, the greater we know the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and the greater we understand the fullness of God, the greater the intimacy with God, the greater His work in our lives. Don't miss it. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, notice there, the power that worketh in us. He's talking about the intimacy. You see, the, it, listen, it's not a given that God's going to work in you and through you. And we have this like pie in the sky expectation, that prosperity mindset, that God's going to just bless us and do this and all that. And Paul says, wait a minute, stop for just a moment. You need to know God. And Jesus needs to make himself at home in your life. And you need to know God. You need to know all the fullness of God, the height and the breadth and the depth and, and all the fullness of God, because that's the power of him working in you. And see, when, through that intimate relationship, God is going to, uh, you're going to grow and God is going to be able to do more and more in your life. You know, the truth is God can do more than we can imagine. But our relationship with him limits it. Our relationship with him limits what he can do in our life. The more intimacy we have with God, the more we can bring him glory in verse number 21. The closer we are to the Lord, the stronger we are. The stronger we are, the more he can do through us. The more he does through us, the more glory he will receive. But oftentimes, there's no intimacy. We uh, live in a technologically advanced world, and um, Wednesday night I was speaking, and um, my microphone went out. And uh, it was my fault. A couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago or so, the, the microphone went out, but there was a, a disconnect. And it wasn't my fault. I replaced the batteries that day. But Wednesday night, I didn't replace the batteries. And so the microphone went out. And as soon as it did, I got another microphone. But man, as soon as it did, I had to own up to my uh, mistake. I, di- I didn't put batteries. So what happened? 
there was no power in the microphone to work. A lot of us like to use, um, use um, power surge protectors. You know, that we use the power strips. And, and, you know, when you have an outlet, it has two outlets generally, most uh, homes. And you take that power strip and you, you plug it in there. And what happens? It gives you more capacity, right? It gives you more capacity. So then there's more power to, to be able to, to use. And so you can plug in your hair dryer and your curling iron. I don't know why I use those tools, but you can plug all these things in there. You can plug in your microwave and, you know, your uh, blender and all that stuff. And, and you have now more capacity through this power strip. Now, what happens when the power strip is unplugged from the wall? There's no more power. There's no, there's no more capacity. So what happens? All of these things stop working. I heard one preacher put it this way. You know, Pluto is cold all the time. And Mercury is hot all the time because of its distance from the sun. You see, Mercury is a lot closer to the sun and has a more intimate relationship with the sun than Pluto does. And so what happens? Pluto is always cold because it's not near the sun. Mercury is always hot. Why? Because it's, it's always near the sun. You see, intimacy is the key to the foundation of our spiritual growth. God is not just somebody that we, we seek on Sunday. His power is not just something that, that just a few Christians have is, and can have. It's not just something that we look for when we, we show up at church and then we kind of unplug ourselves and we walk out and we get back in our car and drive back off to our world. Many Christians say, well, I just don't know what, what no, nothing's happening, I'm not growing, I, I just don't know why these things are happening in my life, and, or, well, I just give up, I'm going to stop going to church, just because there's no intimacy. There's no intimacy in our life, and so what happens a lot of times is that everything on the outside crumbles. You hear people say, I'm going to leave the faith. Okay, theologically and bi- bi- biblically, that's impossible. All right. A lot of people have built their life on Christianity. They've even been pastors and preached the Bible and witnessed to people and served, you know, the homeless and did good deeds and all these type of things. And then all of a sudden they said, you know what? I'm not going to be a believer anymore. And so everything in their life crumbles down. But the truth is, it was all a facade. Because there was no foundation. Because there was no relationship with God. There was no intimacy there. And so, if you're going through the works here today and going through the motions, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, all of this is a facade. And one day it's going to crash down. Maybe you'll die and leave this world doing your good works, but you'll stand before God and He said, listen, depart from me for I'll never knew you because there was no foundation, because there was no intimacy. There was no relationship there. But for the Christian, our growth doesn't start with reading the Bible. It doesn't start with going to church. It doesn't start with giving our tithe. It doesn't start with doing those things. Those things come out of intimacy with God. It starts with our relationship with Him. And so what does Paul say? I I want you to know Him. Paul says, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. I I want to know Him. that's, That's the focus of my life. And that has to be the focus of every believer's life.
intimacy with God. The foundation has to be right for the true spiritual growth to take place. 